0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: It comes down to the heart. Because what in me wants to smack you back? Pride. My pride. That's what it is. Smack in the face not going to kill me. But my pride you're not going to smack me in my face. You know, pride well enough. Guys, you're going to die to that. I want to get way down deep and work on you. And for some of us, if we're in that process where God is getting down in there. Sometimes what he's got to do to get down in there, and I want you to listen, I believe this is true for some people here today, is God uses some people in your life to reveal to you what's in you.
0: When you spend more and more time in God's word, the things that God doesn't want in your life will start to surface. You might feel conviction in his word, or he might send someone into your life to make you aware of something that needs to change. Pastor Bill is going to show you today that nobody stays the same when they come to Christ. The old ways of sin that you used to live in need to be given up so you can fully step into the calling that God has for you. Remaining in your sin only makes you miss out on the blessings God has planned to send your way. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Romans chapter 7 for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: It says, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And so now that we've been brought from under the law, we've been uh, delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by. It says now we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. If you look at the things that you might do because you have to do and consider what we might do for the Lord just out of love. And again, my best way I could, you know, explain, looking at the way love motivates you and how far you'll go in love as opposed to stuff that you have to do. You know, um, maybe you wanted to bless, you know, a family member, a husband, a wife or something on a birthday. And there's not too much you can do. You're just thinking up new things to do, to to lavish them and to pour it on. Let your boss tell you to do some of them same things and it just be a burden. I'm not to do this for nobody. Don't pay me a You know, you let it be someone that you love, everything changes. Love to change everything. You know, um, I look at the teenagers. You know, I got sons right now. So my youngest, you know, man, he'll walk out of the house, however, he don't care. Man, did you brush your teeth? Man, go brush your teeth, man. Brush your hair. You know, I gotta make sure right now those things don't matter. They're not that big a deal. I'm like, you can't go out with stank breath, son. You gotta brush the beads out, you know, when the hair's growing or whatever. He don't care right now, but I know there'll come a day. Um, there'll come a day where I won't tell him nothing. he will be in the mirror trying to make sure he got some waves and everything else. He'll get there. Right. And that's the kind of difference, right? You see the kids go through those changes where you got to be on them to tell them to do it. Cause I don't want to do it right now. I'm only doing it cause mom said do it, but let it get to where they, they, whatever happens, they start feeling themselves or they want to look good as they go to school. They don't want to be stank or whatever. And, and then they just do it. They you know, they make sure it gets them. Wait a minute. I got daughters. So, daughters, it, it happens a lot earlier. You have to pull them out. Stop combing your hair. You know, just it's trying to go, you know. So those things transpire, they change within us, and God wants to bring us into a place in our relationship with Him where we're not over here where the law said, You need to do it. Do that. Read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to witness more. And when we're over here saying, Man, I've experienced God's grace in such a mighty way. It just overflows from my life. It's not a law, it's not something I gotta do. I want to share. I want you to know what I know. I want you to understand who he is. I want to spend some time in prayer. I need to be in the word. I need to feed my spirit. I need to be built up. I'm glad to have these minutes free right here to be in my word. It changes everything. Now it's not I got to do. It's I get to do. And if you do anything for God and you're over here feeling like you got to do it, stop doing it. Just stop it. He doesn't want you to do it that way anyway. If you over here feel I got to do it, stop. Spend time with him until you graduate over here and realize I get to do it. I encourage parents, be careful, you know, about we want to encourage our kids and teach them and train them and everything else, but I believe when it comes to things in terms of serving God, I hate to see parents make a kid serve because, you know, you can make a kid clean the room. That's the house. That's you're going to do your part over here, but don't make a kid serve God begrudgingly. Let them grow to a place where they want to do something for the Lord. Because if you start them off over here, it's like you're pouring in a little bit of legalism. And sometimes us parents do that because we feel good to see them serving. But you want to see them serving the right way. Um, and so if they're not ready yet, if their hearts are not in the right place yet, then don't worry about what they're doing. Worry about getting them, growing them to a place where their hearts are ready to do it. I hate to see kids that have been made and it's like, I gotta, my mom said I gotta do this. So maybe at the church serving, doing things that they gotta do. We all want to get over here where it's a joy. I'm blessed with the opportunity to be able to do this for the Lord. Amen? Amen? Look at verse 7. It says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, You shall not covet. And so he says here, What is the law? Is the law wrong? Is the law sin? He says, "No, No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand it. The law helps me understand. Where I stand with certain things. And he points out one of the laws, covetousness. And this is one of the laws that is referred to as an under the skin kind of law. A lot of the laws are external. You know, don't murder, uh, don't steal, don't do this. But covetousness, you know, I can look at someone and say, they stole, they murdered, you know, they lied. But I can't look at you and say, you coveted. It's happening underneath. And this is what Jesus does in the Gospels of the New Testament. He takes the law. Now, some people think, well, if I'm free from the law and I got this new relationship with the Lord, now I can just go but wow. Understand this, that as we walk with God, the law is not, you know, legal or spiritual. It's actually on a deeper level. And the old covenant, under the Old Testament law, God just said, don't murder. Uh, which most of us can say, I've never murdered anybody. That's what most people like to start at. I'm a good person, I shouldn't murder nobody, you know. But we get to the New Testament, Jesus says, look, if you hated somebody, you murdered them in your heart. Oh man, now who's guilty now? Don't raise your hands, right? <laughs> you come over here and someone says, i never committed adultery. All right, you're a good guy. i never cheated on my wife, never cheated on my husband. I've been faithful to my spouse all the time. I'm single, I've been pure. I've never messed up, not one time. God says over here, he says, have, you, have you lusted? You're guilty. Because it all begins, and what does murder begin? It begins in the heart of hatred, in the heart that manifests itself in murder. Um, what does adultery, inform, what does that begin? It begins in the heart of lust, Um And where does theft begin? When do you steal? Well, first you start coveting something that ain't yours. That'll grow up into theft. So God says, really when you get to the new covenant and the spiritual law, God says, it's actually deeper. It's actually more. Now I'm requiring more. It's not enough that you're not committing adultery. You watch your heart. You be careful what's going on through your eyes and through your heart. It's not enough now that you don't steal. Don't even covet. Don't even want something that belongs to you to someone else's. It takes it all a level deeper underneath. And so it's not like, you know, now we'd have no law. We just wild, reckless and go crazy. God said, no, now what we're doing is spiritual. It's um, Rather than these external do's and don'ts, God said, I'm really dealing with from the inside out. I'm working on your hearts. I want to transform you from the inside out. So it's not enough now that I don't hate you and murder you. God said, New Testament, I want you to love them. Love your enemies. Do good to those who curse you. Bless those who spitefully use you. Them hard words for some of us. Bless those who curse me. God, it's not enough that you just be quiet. You know, for some of us, I just didn't say nothing back and you want to pat on the back. God said, okay, we on the way. But that's step one. Now do good to them. That's like manure in your face. You know, do good to them. Do good to those that spitefully. Yes, yes, yes. Someone smack you on the one cheek and I don't hit them back. I'm already celebrating that one. You know, if you slap me in the face and I don't, sock you in yours I'm already saying God I'm, I'm a new man the Lord have done a work in me a mighty mighty work but God says, no turn the other one not just don't hit him back turn up <laughs> I mean this is deeper the spiritual law is deeper it comes down to the heart because what in me wants to smack you back pride my pride that's what it is smack in the face not gonna kill me but my pride you're not gonna smack me in my face you know pride well enough guys so you're gonna die to that I want to get way down deep and work on you. And for some of us, if we're in that process where God is getting down in there, sometimes what he's got to do to get down in there, and I want you to listen because I believe this is true for some people here today, is God uses some people in your life to reveal to you what's in you. God will use some difficult people to draw out some really ugly stuff out of you so you can see what's in you. You're focusing on these really ugly people that are drawing it out, God wants you to start looking at what's coming out because only what's in can come out. That's it. Only what's in you can come out of you. And you can get your eyes off of them who drew it out and sit over here for a minute and say, okay, but it's in me. This is in me, right? Um, Can you draw cuss words out of me if that's not in me? Nope. You can't, right? But if you do the right thing and I get some words start dropping, that's in me, right? I can't say, well, they, they made me do it. No, 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 that was in there. I was in there. If I squeeze your toothpaste, only what's in there comes out. And so sometimes God is using people. In my life, this has been true many, many times. At every stage of my walk with God, it's been true. Even when I think I'm doing awesome, even when I think I'm doing great, God will use someone to draw out something to show me not as great as I thought I was. I share with you guys about the situation with my son's dog. I've seen the guy three times now. And I stumble every time. But I haven't done it. But I had a guy, some of you guys know we were in the midst of moving and um, a guy was boarding my German Shepherd and he basically used my dog as a guard dog. He was he basically was taking money from me to board him and then receiving money from someone else to use him as a guard dog. And he got three dogs, got poisoned and killed. My dog was one of them. By the time I got this information, uh, this is me and my son's dog. I was tough for me but when I told my son, my son don't know, my son rarely cried, and the tears just start going. I mean, murder was in my heart. I was like, "You made my son. You did this to my son." It felt justifiable at that point. You did this to my son. I, mm. The guy had went to jail for something else, so I couldn't get in contact with him. Uh, I think the Lord put him in jail so y'all can still have a pastor. So, time he got out of jail, um, and I got him on the phone a couple times. He ran me places where the dog wasn't. Uh, one place I was set up with some guys and all kind of little stuff. So. I'm trying to let it go. Um, uh, Lord said, let it go. And I get a call from somebody. Who said, hey, I see the guy at the park. I was like, where? I'm right down the street. So <laughs> I goes to the park, you know, and I get there and God's like, He's my buddy Ray, my buddy from Jersey, it's my accountability. I called him up. So I at least got to go confront the guy, you know. And so I had to leave my phone in my top pocket, you know, and let him know. And we prayed and I went over there and not pretty much, you know, the guys lied, blah, 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 he's smooth talking, and, and I walk away, and God said, you got to let it go, you're not getting the dog back, dog gone, you can't fight him, you can't go beat him up, because you pastor, you can't be a striker, you know, it's like, but God, I got to, it has got to be something I can do, he said, yeah, you can just let it go, get your son another puppy, and be gone with it, and so I let it go, and I'm going on with my life, we got the new puppy, training the puppy, and, and then I see the guy, and it all comes back, and then the dude added me on Facebook, I mean, I know, I know. That was, I, I thought, what nerve that he would add me on faith. he asked if I get a friend request from this guy. And um, I said, God, why are you letting them mess with me like this, man? So anyway, as holy as I want to think I am, I would be lying if I didn't tell y'all I had some sinful thoughts. And more than once, I started moving in a direction. And the Lord was like, what are you going there for? Just turn around. I'll be going to the parks. So God working on me. So I'm, I just want to be transparent. I don't want to pretend like I'm all done. I'm still being worked on. So I realized in this scenario, as justifiable as my flesh wants to tell me it is, God's saying there's no justification for what's in your heart, for what you want to do. Um, and so you need to die to that. And maybe God's using him to make me die to it so that it doesn't resurface somewhere else and ruin my opportunity to serve God. <laughs> Right. God's allowing it to draw out of me so I could see it, repent of it and be aware of it. And it'd be somewhere where I got to keep my guard up. So I got to leave alone what he did. God's like, but look at what you want to do. You He don't even know me. You know me. Right. So anyway, so if you got some people in your life right now and they've been drawing it out of you and you've been finger pointing, um, you know, they say when you point your finger, what's happening? Three point and back. So, going to deal with you. Going to say, Lord, thank you for using them to draw this out of me. Because I'm going to be a better Christian when this thing is over with. I'm going to be more like you. I'm going to be transformed into your image. And I'm going to be dying to the things that were ruining me. And so, God is using it in your life. Amen. So, moving on now, it says uh, verse eight again. But sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And so Paul's talking about, obviously, there was a time when he was alive to the law. And then when the commandment came, sin revived, he died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. Um, All you got to do is try to keep the law. It'll bring death. It'll bring death to your walk with the Lord. If you become someone that has a legalistic kind of relationship with the Lord. Early on when I got saved, I was doing this often. I didn't know better. And I would make rules and regulations. I would say, okay, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. I would just set up all these things that I'm not going to do so that I could be you know, holy. I could be good. And once you set all those things up, it's a fail if you succeed and a fail if you fail. Because if you set all these things up that you don't do and you succeed, what happens to you? You're prideful. You start being prideful. And look at everybody else that's doing it. You still go to those kind of mm, I don't. You know, pride sets in. Now you're a Pharisee. Now you're a messed up Christian. Um, if you set them up and you keep failing, what happens? You get discouraged and you might quit. And so setting all those things up is not really the program that God wants. Um, I got set up all these parameters and things. And and now, um, you know, if I do all these things, you know, God says, no, I want you to walk a little lighter than that. Um, interesting with the relationship with the Lord when we walk in love, I'm in love with the Lord. And so, as I walk in love with Him, I realize that this is what He likes. This is what He doesn't like. Best way I can explain it because God uses a marriage to describe our relationship with Him. Uh, for those that are in healthy marriages, loving one another, uh, just think about the things that people do in a marriage to just to love on one another. Little thoughtful things, buying stuff, spending money you don't got, you know, wishing you had more money to buy them more things to bless them more better, you know. Just when love motivates you. It's like you'd be happy to give it. You know, it might have emptied your bank account. It's like, oh, but I'm, I can't wait till they get it and receive it. It's like nothing. But let it be something you got to pay. Everybody got to pay bills. Don't nobody pay their bills like that. And nobody, like I can't wait to give them this electric. I can't wait to hear guys. Here it is. Nobody pays a bill like because you got to pay it. Right. But when you get to spend something to just like lavish love, it feels good. Oh, it's a good feeling because it's just done out of love. And if we can get to where our walk with God starts to be like that. And I'm just looking for this opportunity to be in the word. I feel this is awesome just to be with God, just me and him. Not legalistic, just I can't wait to have some time with him. I'm looking for opportunities to serve. I'm looking for ministries I can be involved in. Not because I got to, but God, I want to be a part of your work. I want to put my hand to the plow. I want to bless you. I want to minister to others. It just transforms everything. And now instead of looking for all these things I can't do, I shouldn't do, as you get to know the Lord and you start knowing what he likes, what he doesn't like, and you find that you just kind of Submit to that, you know. I've been married to my wife 18 years. Um, And in those 18 years, I've learned things that she doesn't like. Things that she does like. And so I just, you know, even some of who I am as a person. Um, For some of you guys that know me well, you know, I'm a jokester. I play, I prank, I bag on people. Not in a bad way, you know. We're in this appropriate. I got friends that we just, we be getting on each other when my family comes over you know we go at it me and my sister go we go toe-to-toe every time she comes over somebody's gonna win somebody's gonna lose and my wife I remember we were going out just before we got married my sister came over me and my wife had an episode we were going and my wife thought it was hilarious I mean I was bagging on her hair and she was bagging on my head and we were just going 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 and my wife's just rolling and we got done and she said, if you ever did that to me, like, it's hilarious when you're doing it, but if you ever did that to me, I would be so upset. And I just said, no to self, like, no, I never bagged on my wife. I realized that <laughs> that wouldn't be funny to her. It's only funny over there, you know, so I have just that's part of who I am. But I've made adjustments because I love her. Right. And as we love the Lord and we spend time in his word and we get to know him, we figure that, man, God doesn't like that. I love the Lord. so I just don't do that anymore. It's not like I can't do this. I don't do that. I love love him. And so if walking that way would bring him displeasure. I just don't do it. I love the Lord and he likes this. And so I know in doing this, it pleases him. And so it's not I don't have to, but if I do this, it pleases him. I'm looking forward to doing this thing that pleases him. You guys see the difference? That's where we're headed. Um, Out of a legalistic, out of the law into a love relationship with Jesus Christ. So we learned over in chapter six, one through 11, that we had new life. Uh, We learned in chapter 6, 12 to 23, we had a new master. And we're learning in chapter 7 that we got a new love. Um, It's a new love. It's a new relationship. And we're no longer married to the law. We broke that one up. We died to the law. And now we're in a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Moving on now. uh, We're going to get three different ways that sin impacts us. Um, Verse 8 told us that sin took opportunity. It produced all manner of evil desire. We already looked at that one. So, Just knowing that the sign says don't touch made me want to touch it. You know, sin provoked uh, my sinful nature, made me want to do what I shouldn't do. Then look down in verse 11. It says, for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me. So now sin deceived me and through the deception killed me. How does sin deceive us? In a few ways. Sin tells us that it's going to fulfill us, but it never does. That's one of the lies of sin. Sin says, this will be fulfilling. This is God is keeping something good from you. This will be good for you. That's what sin screams. And that's why people that know they shouldn't do it anyway, that this is going to be fulfilling. I'm going to enjoy this. It's going to be good. That's one of the the deceptions of sin. But when you give into it, what do you find? Empty. What does Satan tell Eve? Oh, just, you know, God lied to you. God knows in the day you eat of this tree, you'll be just like him. Right? What happened when she ate of that tree? Sin entered the world, right? She got punished. Death came. I always look at that story and I look at how present Satan was up until she bit. He was present. He was all up in there. Hey, what are you doing, Eve? What's going on? Did God say you couldn't eat of everything? Oh, that's messed up. God's keeping something good. He was all up in her talking, 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 talking. Soon as she bit, where was he at? Like a bad friend. As soon as you got broke, they gone, right? <laughs> Satan just I he was just there to get her to that point. And as soon as she ate, he off the map. Silence. Got you. Sin deceives us. It tells us it'll fulfill us. But everybody here, just look at your life. When has sin ever been fulfilling? For more than two seconds. Uh, Sin doesn't bring fulfillment. It leaves you hungry for more. Sin binds you. It gets you in bondage. It's one of the lies that sin tells it'll fulfill you. Another thing that sin tells you is that sin tells us that it's something good that God's keeping from you. And a lot of people, especially young people, but old people, too, believe that lie. You know, God's keeping something good for me. No, no, God's keeping you from harm. God's keeping you from something that's going to bind you. You know, a lot of people struggle with God saying, you know, don't have sex before you get married. Ah, That's old. That's archaic. You know, God made sex, you know, blah, blah, blah. All right. So look at all the people with no daddies because people couldn't wait till they got married. Right. We mad over here. Look at this epidemic. You deadbeat dads. It's not, I'm saying there's two people laying down outside of marriage, making these babies without daddies. It's messed up, but that's what's happening. Sin said it would be fun, but the reality says, look at how many lives are ruined. Look how many people are hurting as a result. So if I would have done it God's way, right, be a different program. God's way is always better. And I don't say this to condemn anyone that's made that mistake. I made that mistake many, many times. So this is not to bring condemnation. It's for those that are living right now that you wouldn't do it anymore. So no condemnation. That's our last verse, chapter one, verse eight, right? We're not under condemnation. I'm not beating you up, but I'm saying it does create some problems when we decide we're going to do it our way. And so sin, it deceives us, tells us it'll fulfill us, but it doesn't. Tells us God is keeping something good from us, but it's not. Um, Sin brings deception, and then it says it ultimately kills us, right? Sin ultimately brings forth death. That's what sin brings. Sin brings death. It'll bring death, physical death, Sin will bring death to your calling, death to your dreams, death to what God would have done with your life. Sin brings death. That's what it ultimately brings. You follow someone that's going off in sin, and it ends in death. I look at Samson's life. I like the warrior folk in the Bible. And so I look at Samson, and I'm like, man, I look at Samson, and from the very beginning, God said he was going to begin to deliver Israel from the Philistines. And I'm like, why he just going to begin? But then I look at his life. He said Samson was a he-man And even though God used him, I look at like how much he was used to do in his lifetime, and wonder how much more he would have done had he not had that issue. These foreign women, these pagan women, basically, he lost everything behind a woman. And yep, God gave him one last moment of grace, but sin ultimately brought death. Uh, And I can only wonder what he would have been if he had continued, if he had been one of the guys that just lived in purity and power. And so, sin brings death, but. That's one of the deceptions of sin. It said, no, it's going to be good. No, it's going to kill you. It's going to ruin all the good that God would do. And so that's one of the problems with sin. It brings death. Verse 12. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful.
0: You've been listening to Pastor Bill Bovington on a transforming word as he works his way through the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul dove into the mysteries of faith in this letter to the church in Rome, drawing on a rich history found in the Old Testament. He looks back to the faith of Abraham, which was counted to him as righteousness. This is what he had to say about the patriarch in chapter 4, verses 20 to 21. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Since we get to participate in the righteousness that comes through faith, let's set our hearts and minds on the power of God to do everything he had promised. We're so glad you decided to spend your time with us today. There's so much more that Paul gave us through the letter to the Romans, from deep theology to practical instructions on how to live. You won't want to miss a message, and we've made it easy for you to stay connected through Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. But we also have a free mobile app with access to our messages. To find out, head over to CalvaryEnglewood.org. Once again, that's CalvaryEnglewood.org. Look under the Media tab to find a plethora of messages in our mobile app. While you're on the website, take a look around. We have a lot more available to you, including a daily Bible reading plan. Well, we're out of time for today, but we'll see you here next time, where we will again bring you a transforming word.